Faith, family, freedom, hope, and opportunity. You're listening to Freedom Rings. I'm your host, Senator Marsha Blackburn. Well, welcome to Freedom Rings. I'm Senator Marsha Blackburn, and this is a new podcast. It's going to come to you sometimes by video, sometimes by audio. But what you're always going to see is individuals who are given to freedom and freedom's causes. I have to tell you, I say there are five things that I get up to go fight for every single day. They are core and central to my mission in public service, kind of my philosophy of life. And it is to protect faith, family, freedom, hope, and opportunity. And I fully believe that when you leave solutions to freedom, free people, free markets, you're generally going to come up with something that is workable and good for all involved. So as we embark on this podcast, what I'd like to do is introduce you to some of our greatest freedom fighters, the happy warriors in this fight to preserve freedom, because we know Ronald Reagan always reminded us freedom is always one generation away from extinction. And how do we keep it going from generation to generation since it's not a given? We don't pass it along in the bloodstream. We fight for it, defend it, protect it and deliver it to our children and our grandchildren is something that is cherished because it was a worthy fight. And today, our very first guest is Senator Joni Ernst, who is one of the Senate's Happy Warrior Freedom Fighters and does such a great job representing the people of Iowa and hailing from Red Oak, Iowa, right? That is correct, Marsha. Yes, and I am delighted to have you join us. Well, the obvious question is, how did someone from Red Oak, Iowa, end up in the U.S. Senate? What is that path that brought you here? Well, it is an interesting path, but it really did start very much with my upbringing on our small family Iowa farm, where my mom and dad really taught my sister and my brother and I what those Iowa values are. And of course, freedom is always a big part of that, being able to think on our own and develop solutions on our own, but then also hard work and understanding that you can't achieve great success without putting great effort into it as well. And so developing those value systems carried me on through uh, school and college, but then also into the military and serving 23 years between the United States Army Reserves and the Iowa Army National Guard. Obviously, our uh, freedom as a great country is something that I have never taken for granted, um, but certainly loved serving uh, and eventually found my way here to the United States Let Senate. Let me ask you this. Did you have members of your family that had served in the military? I did. And matter of fact, uh, I do have an uncle that was a lifer. He was an enlisted soldier in the United States.
United States Army. And then my father also served in the Iowa Army National Guard. And he was a young sergeant. He was um, a mechanic for a transportation company, the 1168th Transportation Company out of Red Oak, Iowa. And it's the company that I eventually commanded overseas during Operation Iraqi Freedom. So you had the opportunity to command the unit in which he served. Absolutely. And there was still one soldier remaining in that company that had enlisted during the same month that my father had enlisted so many years ago. Um, but very much my experience in the Iowa Guard is that it was very community-driven, family-driven, and supported by all. Now, Joni, when you would listen to your dad and your uncle talk about their public service through their military service, what intrigued you about the stories that they told? Well, it was always interesting. My my father serving in a guard capacity, of course, he was a farmer, and then he would take those weekends and a couple of weeks every year to serve. And it was before my recollection. I was very young when, when he was serving, but his stories were always of the men that he he served with and how they were all contributing to their community by being in the Iowa National Guard. And then my uncle was always very proud as well of his service. And I remember him coming home from his active duty stations. And while he was at my grandma and grandpa's house, he would put on his dress uniform and take pictures with my grandparents. He was so proud of that service. He had not finished high school. And so the Army gave him an opportunity to be successful and to go on and get additional training. To complete his his career or his education. Absolutely. And, and then did he return to Iowa? And he actually retired from his last duty station in Indiana. So he, he stays there um, with my aunt and my cousins, um, but uh, obviously served very proudly. It was such a, a big part of his life, as well as when I was deciding to enter into the service, uh, speaking with my father about what do I do? How do I do this? How should I act? And, and just learning from their experiences was a, a big part part of um, my transformation from just regular civilian Joni Culver into that, that young woman that became a soldier and was very important to me to be able to give back to I always find it so intriguing that individuals who have had family members who have served, uh, the way it has impacted them and has accelerated, it's kind of the impetus many times for their desire because they see, such as your uncle when he comes home and he puts on that dress uniform and he, you observe the way your grandparents responded to him and the respect that was shown to them. Right. Uh, truly. Mm -hmm. And all of that has, has such an impact. And it's one of the reasons I think it's so vitally important that yet today we show the respect that our military members deserve because of the work they do every day to defend our nation. And then you grabbed a couple of firsts along the way in your career, which is so significant when we talk about women and breaking barriers barriers and opening doors for women to mm -hmm. seek new challenges and new advancement. And you were the first combat veteran 
elected female combat. female combat veteran elected to the U.S. Senate right. and the first female from Iowa to be elected to mm-hmm. federal office, correct? Mm-hmm. That is correct. Great. That is correct. And I think it is very important that we are able to show those next generation of women leaders that you can achieve. It doesn't matter that you come from a small family farm or you come from big business, anywhere in between, that there is opportunity that exists for strong female leaders, and especially from the state of Iowa, strong conservative female leaders. And when you talk about conservative, uh, and insert that word in there, and you think Mm -hmm. about those values, sometimes Mm -hmm. I kind of chuckle when I see the way the mainstream media talks about conservative women. And of course, you've heard me say many times, Mm -hmm. D.C., the press up here looks at us as (laughs) us conservatives as if we're fourth class citizens and as if we're all these undesirable things. So what led you on that path to looking at public service, looking at military Mm -hmm. service and saying, you know, my value set Mm -hmm. really aligns more with conservatism? What was your driver there? Well, I think it was growing up on our family farm and obviously using these two hands to do the chores that needed to be done. What was your favorite chore? And... Okay, I am known for one chore in particular <laughs> that came around with the hogs. Um, but uh, but certainly, I think working with those animals was always, um, you know, fascinating to me, the animal husbandry and the, the circle of life and working with hogs and understanding this is a very important food source for us. And to be able to raise those animals, and then have the hog buyer come out to the farm and and sell off those that were ready for market, just understanding how that that works and how we go from uh, the farrowing house on the farm uh, all the way to kitchen tables all across the United States. So learning those values and the hard work and seeing success and achievement along the way, I think was really important to me and did develop my sense of being a conservative because not always, it's not guaranteed that you will have success along the way. You will have some hiccups. You might have a significant loss, um, whether it is the loss of a crop or your livestock. Nothing is guaranteed in life, but it doesn't mean we just stop and say, somebody come rescue me. It means we have to pull ourselves up by the bootstraps and maybe start all over from scratch, but really put our heart and souls into our effort. And did you see your parents role model that for you, that action? Absolutely. My mother um, was always the one that would say, Joni, we'll find a way to make it happen. Um, She didn't say, why don't you go ask somebody else to do it for you? She said, we will find a way to make it happen. You know, so looking outside of the box and not always doing everything the same way, but looking for solutions. And I think Mm -hmm. that's really important to understand that here in the United States, we as individual citizens have the opportunity to look 
at a problem or an issue and then find different solutions. Not every answer is the right answer, the one answer, but we have the opportunity to determine our destiny based on what are these different paths that work for us. And as you looked at different issues throughout your public service Mm -hmm. career, Mm -hmm. then talk to me at the state level. What was the issue you were most drawn to? As you came to the U.S. Senate, what was the Mm -hmm. issue that you were most Mm -hmm. drawn to? Right. I served in the Iowa State Senate for four years before I came to the United States Senate. And because Iowa is such an agriculturally driven state, we look at opportunities opportunities to support our farmers and make sure that they are achieving success, you know, by providing opportunity for them, not guaranteeing success, but providing that opportunity for them. Um, Working on taxing issues and budgetary issues were always very fascinating to me as well. Um, As Iowans, again, being very self-sufficient, and they are very conscious of the fact that their family has a budget, our government should have a budget that they adhere to as well, and making sure that we're not overtaxing our constituents. That was a big drive for me in the state Senate. Uh, When a number of my colleagues and I entered into the state Senate, Iowa had nearly uh, a billion dollar uh, budget deficit, and we were able to turn that around in the matter of a few short years with Republican and conservative leadership. That was very important to me. So when I come to the United States Senate... So let me be sure mm -hmm, I got this. mm -hmm. You had, you go to the state Senate in your state has a $1 billion hole, Mm -hmm. that much of a deficit. Right. And Iowa, like most states, has a balanced budget requirement, I would assume. So then you all had to find a way to fix that. Find a way forward. And Mm -hmm. what was your primary? Was it cutting expenses? No, was it increasing revenue? How did you do that? Right. So we did have to look at a number of different ways. And the easy solution or the solution that most folks will think about is you have to cut spending. Just keep cutting, cutting, cut, cut, cut. That is only one part of the solution. So not only are you looking at ways to eliminate waste within the state government, you're also looking at how do we really grow our economy in the state, which will then contribute to additional revenues. So you help to lead the state Senate to a new way of thinking. Yes. As how you approach it as a menu of options instead of just always say cut, cut, cut. Absolutely. And that's experience you brought to the U.S. Senate. And I know you played a part in working on the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act and bringing Mm -hmm. um, opportunity Mm -hmm. to more family farms. Yes, absolutely. So not only are we eliminating waste in the government, which is, you know, cutting back on some of those areas where there is proven waste, Mm -hmm. but also loosening regulations where it makes sense and where it's not affecting public safety, but certainly loosening regulations, finding a new way forward, 
getting rid of outdated regulation to ease up on the economy so that our communities, our businesses are growing, they're hiring more workers, which produ- uh, produces additional income tax revenue. So there are new ways of growing the economy, mm-hmm. loosening regulations and providing greater opportunities. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And uh, since we're focusing on freedom, talk a little bit about what that means to you mm-hmm. and uh, in terms of Libby, your daughter, yes, yes. and she's now serving in the military, yes. following those family <laughs> footsteps. So talk just a little bit about that. You bet. And freedom, of course, to me, uh, going back to something I had said earlier, it is our ability to make those decisions on our own, find our own solutions to move forward. We have the freedom of movement in our country, freedom of thought in our country. And I don't think people fully recognize and appreciate it until they have visited a place that lacks freedom and opportunity. And as a young woman, I had the opportunity to visit the the Soviet Union, and I witnessed firsthand what a lack of freedom looks like. And it was one of the drivers for me in deciding to serve my nation in the military because I wanted to protect those freedoms, the value system that we have here in the United States. And it became important to me to give back and not take and for granted. And you know, Joni, I think that is so important. Uh, people many times don't realize what they have until mm-hmm. they have lost yes, it. Exactly. And we hear a good bit of that right now as people are practicing social distancing and staying at home, they're missing that ability to be out and see friends and move about and go to the grocery when they want or go to the mall or go to get a haircut right. or uh, so many things. So that freedom is precious mm-hmm. and it is worth the fight. And we're delighted that mm-hmm. you, Thank you have been leading that mm-hmm. fight and the good work that you have done for Iowans and, of course, good common sense down on the farm uh, sensibilities, <laughs> kind of that mantra of we will find a way to make it happen. Right. And I hope you're going to continue to follow the great work that Joni Ernst does, JoniErnst.com, where you can follow her. You're also going to find her Joni Ernst on social media and keep up with the good work that she is doing, not only for Iowans, but for all Americans in the fight to preserve our freedom. Thank you for listening to this episode of Freedom Rings. You can follow me on Twitter at Vote Marsha, Facebook at Marsha Blackburn for Senate, and on Instagram at Team Marsha. And you can always find us online at MarshaBlackburn.com. The Freedom Rings podcast is edited and produced by Jared Cummings, executive producers are Conservative Partnership Center and Marsha Blackburn. Together, we make Freedom Ring.